0: Hello there, and welcome to my podcast that I have yet to name. I'm Alex, your host, and I'm here to do what I do every day—sometimes a bit too much—and that's to talk about women's football. Today, I'm having chats with some of the greats, Tim Stillman from Arsblog Blog and Kieran Tavum, formerly from the Athletic. We talk about what this pause means for women's football, who will win the WSL if the season finishes, a couple of positives to take away from the halted momentum, and with delay in major tournaments, should Phil Neville stay in the job?
1: We're here today with Tim Stillman from Arsablog, Arsenal woman and women's football expert. How are you doing today?
2: Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Not
3: too bad at all.
1: So now that obviously you wrote your Arsablog um, article a few weeks ago when the lockdown was just starting out, how's everything been going on since then? How's your, how are you feeling towards not having any football around?
3: Yeah, it's it's really um,
2: it's really weird, actually. Um, it's kind of, at, at the moment, it's all right just because it feels a bit like summer. It feels a bit like pre-season. And so the actual, it's, uh, I mean, it's been a month already. Yeah. Um, and and it doesn't, it, like, it, it doesn't, I don't know if it's a bit like, my concept of, t- of time is completely gone. So I've got no idea if it feels like uh, that month has gone quickly or slowly. But I think it's more the thought, that this will go on for a few more months. Yet, I think mm-hmm. it's more like the thought than the reality that I'm that I'm kind of that I find difficult. I guess. So at, yeah. at the moment, it's kind of all right, but I keep thinking, God, how am I going to feel about this in a couple of months' time? Yeah. And uh, yeah, the answer to that is I don't really know.
1: Going on your article, we talked briefly about how maybe in the men's game, a pause might be good to kind of reevaluate um, the downhill side of where things have gone you think it's
3: the same in a women's game?
2: No. Um, Actually, I I really worry um, about about what this pause means for women's football, Um, not least because the clubs don't make an awful lot of money. Um, I think they're still seen and treated as charities um, by clubs. And the kind of financial fallout, of all of this, both on the clubs, uh, the women's teams themselves in their own right. But also I worry about the other end of this when the kind of the men's clubs and their budgets are here. Quite often you will see in these scenarios that the first thing that teams will do is go, right, we'll take we'll take away funding from the women's team. Yeah. And um this is so I read something yesterday about Santa Fe in Colombia. Mm. They're already um they they've drawn themselves into um, a potential discrimination suit because Uh. they chopped 50% of the men's salaries but 100% of the women's team's salary. Yeah. Yeah. which kind of tells you a little bit about how, I don't think just football teams do this actually. I, th- I think a lot of like uh, uh, companies regard, I guess, what you broadly call diversity inclusion. Yeah. They regard it as something they do that's like a bit nice and a bit of a charity and not something that, Um, that you should do because that's the best way to kind of get talent um, and to bring, you know, to bring talent on. And so I worry a lot about that, particularly clubs uh, like Championship and below, like are those clubs you know, Particularly like when you look at clubs like Birmingham, Reading, London Bees, Charlton, who are not funded by cash-rich men's clubs anyway, mm-hmm. I really worry about what will happen with some of those clubs. And I kind of worry about the loss of momentum as well, because in the kind of wake of the World Cup, I think the FA has done quite a good job, actually, mm-hmm. of kind of continuing to yeah. promote certainly the big games. Um, and I worry a little bit about that. Um, and you know, moving Euro 2021 back a year and the Olympics back a year, I, I I worry a little bit about the loss of momentum because I think women's football had a good momentum up to this point.
1: Yeah. It's definitely a bit of a big break there, but I mean, one good thing for Arsenal is that all the injuries can come back on the break.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: And, um. Yeah, I mean, from Arsenal's point of view, that's great because, um, you know, particularly with the Champions League game with PSG, I think they were struggling to get 11 fit players. Yeah, that was a struggle. Um, You're
1: about to suit up for that game, aren't you?
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And... um you know, like I feel very strongly that that, that the league season should finish mm-hmm. um, for for sporting integrity reasons. They should finish, but from a really selfish Arsenal perspective, mm-hmm. if they did cancel the season, I think that would work quite nicely for Arsenal because That's they would stay as league champions for another year. They'd be back in the Champions League, yeah. neither of which were certainties this season. So, um, yeah. you know that 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 might still work out for them depending on what happens this thing's going to go on for a few more months and I think we're a few months away from being able to play games even behind closed doors
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, and so the prospect of you know from the women's point of view of September to May season that's gone now so I don't think it's like oh you just cancel the season now and pick it up in September I'm not convinced it's going to be ready to pick up in September anyway Yeah. so I think you just have to accept now that the kind of the calendar has changed a little bit so it might be that this season can't finish until Christmas which wouldn't surprise me um in which case you just kind of accept that it finishes at Christmas yeah. and then you have your pre-season then and you start it in February or something like that but I think it has to finish just for the integrity um of, of the kind of of the sport so for example in the WSL just thinking at the top end mm-hmm. if it wasn't to finish then you know you'd have a situation where chelsea who look like to me that they're going to win the league this year they finished third last year so all of a sudden they're not in the champions league next season because okay. of what happened last season and then you know liverpool for example who look like they might be relegated okay. all of a sudden they stay up and then teams that deserve to come up from the championship don't go up so someone like aston villa looks like they're okay. going to get promoted they put a lot of money in um, and aston villa have been really really good about uh, kind of um, investing in their women's team in this period. Yeah. And if they lose the chance for promotion, like, I think it just affects the integrity of the yeah. sport too much. So I think it has to finish personally.
1: And what do you think after the break, if the league is finished, is Chelsea still going to come up champions? I, I,
2: I think so. Yeah. I, um, I Maybe that's a little bit of, not bias isn't the right word, but I always thought they would this mm. year. Um, I think the WSL, for the time being anyway, because they're changing it in a couple of seasons, but for me, because you've got three big teams that can win the league and only two go into the Champions League, the team that's not in the Champions League automatically becomes favourites for me. And that was the situation Chelsea were in. I think it was a bit of a double whammy with Chelsea. I think Mm -hmm. they didn't have the Champions League. um, But also last season, I think they had a bit of an off season and they weren't really themselves. And I think it was obvious that wasn't quite the real Chelsea. And I felt that they would come into this season with a really renewed determination to do it, which is why I thought they would do it to be fair. Man City have done better than I thought. I thought Man City would be Absolutely same. third.
1: Yeah. I thought that was a sure Chelsea Arsenal top two and then Man City kind of just strolling along the end, but they've actually done really well. Yeah, exactly.
2: Like, uh, the, the signing of Ellen White has done done them the world of good, I think, and they've managed to you know they've managed to kind of get good results in big games. So uh, they've surprised me a bit. Chelsea haven't. Arsenal, I I, I thought we'd finish second uh, okay. this year, which 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 could still happen, but yeah, I I still think it's it's probably Chelsea's just.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't know if Arsenal can catch up with. They had like that mid-season kind of slump, and it hasn't yeah. come back up since then, really.
3: Yeah,
2: although the, the the thing is with Arsenal is Arsenal, um, under Joe Montemoro, Arsenal's superpower is beating everyone they should beat. Mm-hmm. So even last season when they won the league, uh they still lost to Chelsea, they still lost to Manchester City. Yeah. Um, but they haven't dropped a point against someone outside of the top three in two years. Um, that's what Arsenal's kind of success is built on. They just yeah. beat they don't there's no surprise results. And um given that they've now got the Chelsea and City games out of the way, you could see them basically Arsenal winning every single game they've got left because that's what they've been doing for the last couple of years. And in that scenario, Chelsea and Man City, if one of them slips up once, which I'm not sure how likely that is, but it, sure. it could happen. I just don't think it's likely.
1: Outside of the league, now that the Olympics mm. are pushed forward, Euros push forward, and I mean... The likes of Beth Mead and Leah Williamson getting their development credit um, to Phil Neville, which is uh, maybe a bit controversial, but um, <laughs> do you think Phil Neville should stay on as a manager for England?
2: No, no. Um, I mean, if it was up to me, I, I'm well. Let me state this clearly from the beginning. If it was up to me, he he should never have been appointed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I don't really like him, <laughs> and I didn't really like him as a player. Um, I, I don't. Well, yeah, exactly. So I have my biases, right? And I'm okay. I'm putting those on the table. I, I never responded to him as an individual, personally. Again, mm-hmm. um, and you know, look, these aren't. Um, reasons really that the FA should take seriously when making a decision like this but my, my objection was that he has no impressive background in coaching at all you know the fact that he didn't really have a background in women's football i mean i'm not sure how important that is i, I mean sorry well no i do think it's important because yeah. it means he got the job on the basis of his name and you know I think it would have been fine for him to come into women's football without too much knowledge of it and show that kind of willingness to learn about it, but not with the biggest job.
1: Yeah, that Um, could possibly get right off the bat.
2: Yeah. Definitely. Exactly. Like, if he'd come in and managed a team, for example, even maybe a WSL team, like not one of the... If he'd come in and managed, yeah. like, Birmingham or Reading or something, yeah. I think, fair enough, like, fair play to you. You've come in, you know, you want to learn about it and then perhaps build up and try and get bigger yeah. jobs from their Men's or men's game, fine. But to come in on... To learn on the job in the biggest job like, that's just not right. That's yeah. not right. And let's be clear about this. That would not happen the other way around. Oh, a woman would not be allowed to do that. Definitely um, that it wouldn't just... stay on
1: for that long either. If it was a men's team. Yes.
2: Yes, exactly. Like it, it just wouldn't be allowed to happen. And and in a sense, that's not really Phil Neville's fault. Um, and I understand why, you know, as I understand it, he didn't apply for the job. He was yeah. approached about it. And I, I get it. I get why he took it and all of yeah. that. Um, and he's shown some willingness to learn and, and stuff like that. And he's made some faux pas along the way, like mm. saying stuff like uh, Lucy Bronze. He said, like, "Oh, she's so good, she could play men's football." And you know, saying stuff like he described it as the second best job mm. in England after Gareth Southgate's. And yeah, uh, you know, again, Subsect. these aren't like dreadful things. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, but even putting all of that aside and putting aside the fact that I don't think he should ever have been given the job, not least because I don't think he has much of a coaching background. I just don't think he's very good at it. And I think this is England have missed a big opportunity by appointing him because they're at a point where they've invested loads. They've Mm -hmm. got a really, really good squad. They've got a squad that can at least challenge and does challenge, um, But what they're doing, in my view, is they are wasting or have wasted Mm -hmm. the prime years of some of their top-class players with a manager who was learning on the job. And they had a really good chance of doing something like, you know, winning either this World Cup or the next Euros. Mm -hmm. I I don't see them winning the Euros. I just don't think. I think they can get to a certain point. But once you get to a certain point, and you start playing really good teams, you need a really good coach. And they don't have it. They don't have that edge. So um, for me... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so for me, I I think you should... I thought he should go for quite a long time basically since the beginning and I think the fact that the Euros has been pushed back and his contract ends in 2021 I think that gives the FA a beautiful opportunity that they will not take that they should take to say actually we want to go in a different direction what I think will happen is that they'll renew him for a year and go from there
1: that's the easy way out isn't it yeah and uh, they'll take it I'm here today with Kieran Tablin, one of the best for anything women's football. Hi Kieran, how, how are you doing today with everything?
3: Alex, I'm doing very well. Thank you for the invite onto your, onto your podcast. I'm really honoured.
1: Thank you for making the time for it. We're a few weeks into quarantine at the moment, a few weeks without football, somehow managing. With everything that, all the information that you've gathered up to now, what do you think is going to happen next?
3: Yeah, it's a really good question. I think the the statement that the FA put out recently suggested that they're going to obviously mirror what other leagues do in the men's game. So we're looking at what the Premier League and what the EFL are going to do um, before, I think, a decision is made. I think Mm -hmm. it would not necessarily work or look great if the women's game went completely separate from the men's. Ultimately, there are a lot of clubs in the women's Super League, especially, that are very... um, interlinked with their men's teams so for them to to go away from what the the Premier League and the AFL does, I don't think would work. I think at the moment, um, I think the biggest question is not if the league resumes, but will it resume with fans in the stadiums? I think that's the biggest question that I have because Mm -hmm. I think there's an an acceptance that these seasons need to finish. But my question is how safe is it for supporters to be there And, and also you know, how safe is it for the players? Um, yeah. and, and I think that's the question everyone is asking. So I think it's going to be a little while, if I'm honest with you, I can't mm. see any football per- resuming for at least a few months.
1: And do you think um, kind of how you said that the men and women's leagues are going to run parallel and the decisions that's going to be made if the leagues don't resume within like a few months? Obviously, the lower league WSL teams, not all of them have the funding from the men's team. And even the ones that have the funding from the men's team, in a few months, maybe the budgets and the financial crises are going to start. And maybe then you see the women's teams kind of taking the funding out because of the men's side uh, being affected by it all. Do you think that's something that could happen?
3: I certainly hope not. Um, we've seen it before, unfortunately, where teams have, have fallen away and they've, it's their women's team that have suffered Um uh, some of your listeners might not be aware of, of teams back in the 2000s. Both Charlton and Fulham uh, were mm-hmm. both very successful teams in the 2000s. And uh, unfortunately, as a result of their men's teams not performing to their ability, it was the women's teams that suffered mm-hmm. uh, and the funding. Um, I hope it doesn't come to that. I really don't. Uh, I, my hope is that these men's teams have got contingency contingency plans in place to ensure that their women's teams are looked after as well. For mm-hmm. those teams, you're right, that don't have that support from their men's team, they're the ones I'm a little bit more worried about. I won't deny it. But my hope is that because they may be lower down the pyramid, mm-hmm. their costs might be as high. I'm not saying they haven't got costs. I'm not saying that they are any less important yeah. than they want every club to support. Uh, but it might be that they, because the costs aren't as big outgoing, they might hopefully be able to keep themselves afloat. My hope mm-hmm. is that we don't see any suffer, Um, But I obviously none of us can make any guarantees on that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And with this little pause, you know, um, at the moment Chelsea are kind of looking like being crowned champions. Um, do you think that's going to change when the season comes back? You think it's going to be a little bit of a mix up and not as clear winning for Chelsea?
3: No, do you know what? I got asked on a radio show right at the start of the season who my pick for the the league was, and I picked Chelsea, and I'm very much sticking with Chelsea. If you if you look at the fact that um, you know they they've got such a in, a, in a, such depth in their squads, I love Arsenal. Arsenal one to eleven are incredible, but I think we've seen at certain points over the season. Uh, the Continental Cup final recently was an example where. Yeah. Arsenal's depth can maybe be their biggest Achilles heel. Uh, Man City will, will obviously have a say in it as well, but I, I just feel that Chelsea have have got that little bit extra in reserve when they need it. But yeah. the, the key thing, and you mentioned it there, Alex, is what are these teams going to be like if the season does resume? Mm-hmm. What sort of condition are they going to be in? How, you know, the really... It's not a case of Chelsea had the momentum before we had this unfortunate break in the season, but not momentum that's key. It's how quickly can you start if and when we resume?
1: Yeah, I definitely think Chelsea have a certain mentality that might give them a little edge coming back from all this. Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely see that happening. So obviously this pause is kind of huge, maybe a bus kill for the momentum that women's football had going on. Do you think... There is a positive thing to this
3: pause. Um, I think the only positive is, is what I'm seeing is how much people are missing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that people are, are missing football in general, but there is a lot of appetite for the women's game as well. I think what you're seeing is that the game has grown so much. If this was 10 years ago, I don't really think people, if I'm being totally honest, and this mm-hmm. is someone who's followed the game for over 10 years, I don't think people will have made as much noise as they are now. Um, there is a desire, there is a keenness. I think when you look at the amount of content that teams are pushing out on social media, it indicates how how much people want to stay connected to their, to their favourite players and their favourite yeah. teams. We know that the women's more accessible. So, you know, the, the clubs are definitely, you know, putting videos together and content together to keep mm-hmm. fans interested, to keep fans connected. Uh, and, and for me, that's a positive. I think the, yeah. the players continuing to give that insight, not using this as an opportunity to just kind of hide away and think, "I'm not playing at the moment, so I don't really think I should have to be doing this. I mm-hmm. can, you know, have a break and not have to worry." They're keen to do it. You know, my understanding is the players are they're not bored as such, but they're in a very difficult situation like yeah. the rest of us. So. They want to be doing content, they want to be doing videos, and they want to be engaging and connecting with their supporters. Yeah,
1: definitely. And how have you been holding up with the not being able to go out? How has it been creating content around everything?
3: Yeah, do you know what? I mean, uh, with The Athletic, we've very much been trying to keep things as normal as possible. Um, Mm -hmm. I still have to produce the same number of articles that I would during the season. Uh, You just have to be a little bit more creative obviously I don't get the opportunity like yourself to be able to go to a game on a Sunday like we normally yeah. would um, so I lose out on on what we would you know would be our content from from a match but we don't do match reports and we don't do match previews at the athletics so mm-hmm. uh, it may well be that we I'm not saying that we get away with it a, a little bit more but I think it just means that we have to maybe be a bit more creative and think outside the box so yeah. we're doing Historical pieces. We're trying to do things that are applied to a particular theme. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been too bad on on a work front I'm sure, like everyone else, it's a little bit difficult being stuck yeah. indoors most of the time. But uh, we carry on and, and we try and do as much as we can uh, with the with the opportunities that we have.
1: Definitely. And another pause that we kind of have in women's football is the postponement of the Olympics and the Euros. So obviously, we we're all kind of hoping for the Euros next year at home. Maybe England would have done a lot better than last time. We were all excited for it. Now it's postponed. Another two years to wait for that now. Um, do you think this is a prime opportunity for Phil Neville to kind of be replaced with someone that could potentially build up a new momentum for the England squad and maybe do some good?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that when you look at social media, there's obviously a, a feeling that now is the time to, to move him on. I'm, I'm not so sure at the moment. Um, you know, the, the biggest challenge that would be for someone coming in is that they're not going to have any competitive football with England, mm-hmm. so with the Lionesses still, until until autumn of 2021, which yeah. is which is when cup, which is when World Cup qualifiers are, are due to start. Yeah. Um, so you know we're looking at a good year away. So I don't really know what fixtures are going to be happening between now and then. Mm-hmm. I think it comes. to to be honest Alex is how much he wants that role Uh, obviously he's contracted until summer next year I believe if he wants to stay on and coach that team in 2022 then I think that England will give him the opportunity to do that Um, I think ultimately you have to be judged more so on your performances in major tournaments and Mm -hmm. still got to the semi-final of the World Cup and that's for me a decent return yes the performance over the last to nine months since that World Cup has not been good enough, and he's acknowledged that. Yeah.
1: Um,
3: I think the other question that I have, and then it's maybe one that your listeners or people that you speak to could answer, is who do you replace him with? And mm-hmm. and that's the biggest question I have, mm-hmm. because one of the reasons that Phil is in the job in the first place is because England and the FA struggled to accrue mm-hmm. for a replacement of Samson. Yeah. So how, easy, how easy is it going to be to replace him? I, I don't yeah. know. I don't Definitely. have the answer. Uh, someone might be able to reel off the list of candidates, but yeah. there are people, Emma Hayes, who has openly said, I don't want it, I'm happy at Chelsea. Yeah. People like Casey Stoney are still very early on in their coaching mm-hmm. career. I think she's a well, project at Manchester United. Laura Harvey is just in a role at, at the, in, in the United States yeah. with US Soccer's 20 women's team. Who takes that job? That's the question I would ask.
0: you enjoyed that and I hope everyone is staying safe. Pro tip, to make your day a tad bit better or maybe worse, wash your hands while singing Katie McCabe's song and then have it stuck in your head for the rest of the day. If you know, you know. Let me know on Twitter at Alexibaceta23 what topics you want to hear about. See you next time.